Welcome back to another episode of the Megavision Show, the only podcast dedicated to Logan Paul, Alex Jones, and Randy Pitchford. Just kidding. Nice. Yeah, We're not going to be doing that. Oh, man. I was looking forward to like swimming pool stunts and pissing off my friends with my ATVs or whatever. <laughs> I, th- I thought I was in the wrong podcast for a second. I was going to leave. I'm going gay. Oh, <laughs> like Logan Paul. What? For Logan Paul. Try it out. For Logan Try it Paul. Out. Be, yeah, well, he says he's trying it out. So let's do it. Cool. All yeah, right. it's just a demo. <laughs> <laughs> No, of course, the Megavision show is all about Sega, video games, and pop culture as a whole. Uh, with me today, as always, is Rob, also known as Sketchcraft Duaneus. How's it going, Rob? Hey, what's up, everybody? We also have Scotty Tuhati. How's it going, buddy? I can carry nearly 80 gigs of data in my head. And also my favorite, Marson. What's up, bud? Hey, man, how's it going? And do you know more than one Marson? That's why you're my favorite. Uh, Is that a play on my favorite Martian? That is. Okay. (laughs) Nailed it. The best jokes are the ones your hosts, uh, your co-hosts explain them. (laughs) Nothing gets past you, Scott. Yeah. So we are fresh uh, off of MAGFest. Scotty, uh, Marson, and I were all out there. Uh, We're going to have to get Rob out next year because it's probably the greatest uh, game convention I've ever been to. It's been like, I think five or six years in a row that I've gone to. And this one was really awesome. Uh, I think it might, we might as well just kick off the show talking about MAGFest since uh, we all went there or or three quarters of us all went there. Um, What did you guys think overall uh, about this year's MAGFest? You can go first, Marson, if you want. Uh, sure. So I actually did really enjoy it. Like for me personally, I liked last year's guests better. That's probably mainly because they had the Sonic Adventure concert, which I was a fan of. (laughs) Um, but, and, and we had that, uh, Sonic panel at like midnight last year, which was all sorts of interesting. Oh, that was when Chris Chain actually showed up to his own panel about himself unannounced. Like that was not planned at all. It was insane yeah so that was quite eventful (laughs) but but this year like was equally fun i just do enjoy like reconnecting with everybody at mega visions and then you know friends that we had in the community you know come and say hi and whatnot so it's always a good time of year you know especially it's like you got christmas and new year's and like almost right after the holidays i get get this other mini holiday so i always enjoy that yeah it was weird because at first, because uh, we got there like Friday afternoon and it felt really dead like Friday night. It mm-hmm. did not. I, I, I was thinking, man, this is weird because there's just not that many people here, uh, especially compared to last year. But Saturday picked up really big. And I think it was every bit as big as uh, we've seen it the last couple of years. Uh, I I wasn't really feeling like the, the panels much this year. There was one that I yeah. really wanted to go to. On Friday in the early afternoon, it was, uh, I think his name was Michael Hughes. He's a uh, professor uh, at one of the schools in San Antonio. And he did a panel about video game fanzines throughout the year. And I really wanted to, to hit that one up. But unfortunately, uh, Marson didn't get into the late afternoon into Philly. And so we drove down. I think we got in about 730 or so. So I missed that. 
I'm really looking forward to it when it finally comes out on the MAGFest YouTube channel to check that out. I was actually talking to him on Twitter a little bit today, and we were going back and forth, and I suggested that maybe we could co-host a panel at Too Many Games about Video Game Magazine. So that might be something that we could work on uh, in the future, so uh, more to come on that, I guess. But this year's it, it was fun. Uh, I this was the first year that I, I did not buy a single thing at Magfest. I went there saying like <laughs> I I can't. I I've been trying to reel myself back as you know uh, you know kind of overall about buying retro games. I'm just trying to scale back a little bit, except when it comes to Dreamcast. I was gonna say you said the year that you wanted to do the entire library of the Dreamcast. Right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm still doing that. I'm still doing that. But that's all I'm doing. I'm just focusing on Dreamcast because, it, you know, over the past five or six years, I would just kind of buy all sorts of Sega stuff. And so I'd have just, you know, you know, a dozen games or, you know, like 50 games or something for whatever system. I'm trying to just focus myself on, on one platform and then just buy just those games. Um, but yeah, it, this this one was a lot of fun. The only thing else, uh, you know, there wasn't a lot of good panels that I was really interested in. And there wasn't, I didn't feel like there was really any huge musical acts uh, outside of uh, T-Lopes, but we didn't end up making that either. I don't know what happened with that, if we just dropped the ball or, or what. I think we just were doing other things and just like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so like the two years ago, I think was the Panzer Dragoon thing. And we were fortunate enough to see the composers um, with their music. So like there was something Sega related there. And then last year was obviously the Sonic Adventure thing. But I don't know. I just there wasn't like a concert that kind of really piqued my interest. Although we did see that Mega Man. Uh, I forgot. Mega Ran? Mega Ran. Yes, that was really good. I actually did enjoy that. Um, that was fun. But... There were some some Sega themed uh, panels or, or or shows, I guess. Uh, there was the uh, Yakuza Disco Party. That sure. we got to see, Do you want to call it? Which was kind of interesting. It was it was basically two girls sitting at the front of this big room showing people it, it was like a big line dancing uh demo i don't even know what you call it right yeah, yeah yeah it was just like uh this is how we do it and then follow my lead and then it was a it was a flash it was a flash mob of dancers flash dance no that's the movie <laughs> um yeah it was interesting it wasn't what i expected there was no disco ball which made it even well, there, less. There was a disco ball present. They just <laughs> didn't yes. use it. It was sitting yeah, on right. a desk. There was also a chicken. <laughs> right. So there was a chicken. Know. Nugget was there. So they had that, but um, not what I'd expected in a disco. I thought maybe there'd be like, I don't know, more effects. But I mean, I, I don't know how panels get accepted. Is it like anybody can just get a panel? No, I think you like have to much... submit the idea, and then the Magfest uh, committee leadership, right? <laughs> like they they approve it, and you know, get you scheduled. Yeah, so yeah. I'm not sure how it goes through that process, really. Yeah. What about you, Scotty? What did you think overall? Um, I yeah, it. 
I got there Friday. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not able to get there any sooner than Friday. I think they really did like front load it this year because, like you guys said, with um, the musical guests, they had Bit Brigade is kind of a staple of Magfest. Um, they're an awesome band. For those that don't know, they do metal covers of video game music as uh, one of their members speed runs that game so Mega Man's a big hit and they actually had one of the composers of the Mega Man soundtrack there he was just, I think he was just just happened to be at Magfest and so they brought him on stage and they played through Mega Man and stuff um but Bit Brigade's always a good time Danimal Cannon I almost I also missed uh, I did check out Super Commuter which is always good and MC Frontalot who had Mega Ran on stage for a little bit too uh, which I thought that was weird to me because my girlfriend and I saw uh, MC Frontalot, and then we ran over to the stage to meet you guys, and it was Mega Ran set. So I was like, holy shit, this guy just ran across the convention, essentially, like we did, to do his actual show. Um, but, um, yeah, it was good. Uh, there was, I think I will definitely echo what you guys said about the panels. There were not strong panels this year. I feel like, overall... Um, to clarify for anyone who's never heard of MAGFest or whatever, it's uh, the only convention that I know of that runs 24 hours. Um, mm -hmm. And in prior years, that's been cool because it's been chill and you just you can take it at your own pace. You don't have to worry about like, oh, I got to get to the arcade before it closes at nine or whatever. And um, but this year they spread out the panels throughout that time. So there were seriously panels at like 1230 and 4 a.m. and stuff like that. And I think that was a bad idea on their part. That's my only like solid <laughs> complaints. It does not like I understand we are the the era that doesn't sleep and everything now. But um it wasn't great in that that aspect. The panels I saw, uh, there was a Super Nintendo, or wait, no, Double, what the hell was it? Super Super Double Nintendo, so it was just Double Dare, um, but Nintendo like factoids and whatever, and that was okay. I was like, oh, I don't know any of this shit because it's not Sega, but they had like in between they would do fake commercial breaks and throw out um, on the projection screen they had '90s commercials, which was cool before doing like time speed runs and stuff for the digital challenge instead of physical challenge. Um, voice of Palooza wasn't bad. That's always fun. Cause that's where the voice uh, voice actors, like actual professionals in the business do different scenes and skits from animes or movies or whatever. Um, so that's always fun. And um, I tried to go to that fantasy star two panel that you were thinking about, Chris. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. It was at 1230 on Saturday night. And the guy's microphone did not work. And oh, it, nice. <laughs> it turned in. No, this is nothing against him, but it kind of it reminded me of why we never stream JRPGs like during a marathon and stuff. And he st I couldn't hear what he was saying, really, except when he was having louder conversations with the crowd. And then he's like, you know what? I'm just going to play a part of the game for you. And he just started from the beginning. And we watched like 10 minutes of the beginning of the game. I'm like, this is. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I was like. I think I could handle this if it wasn't 1230 and I wasn't going on like three hours of sleep. It's time to go to bed. Um, but uh, no, the musical acts I saw were good. Uh, the um, the marketplace is always a good time. Did play a couple indie games. I ended up getting an indie game off Steam um, after playing it. It's called uh, Bedlam Ball. It's like air hockey with crazy add-ons and stuff. Uh, I definitely recommend it. Um, I was upset that I when I realized there was no way I was going to make it to Austin Creed's panel, because it's just not worth the headache of trying to get into that room. Um, but uh, it was good. I grabbed some retro stuff. I got um, 
what the hell where is it corpse killer for sega cd32x very nice Dream, or not indie dreamcast but a dreamcast game called bang busters which is totally not a porn uh, <laughs> i was just about <laughs> to ask yeah and um and i grabbed uh, battle tanks for the game boy color <laughs> so <along. laughs> oh crazy taxi strategy guide which was a random thing my girlfriend found i was like you know what for two bucks i will take that so um yeah it was good i feel like last year was stronger but it's gonna be very hard to ever top jun sanoi in his first ever not like a commercial conference thing he like jun sanoi's first public concert and playing sonic adventure and adventure 2 and whatever just sonic soundtracks like that was that's still the best thing that i've ever seen at magfest that was so much fun was that two years ago that was last that was last year, year. That was last year. okay yeah, it all yeah. runs together. It sure <laughs> does. Um, that was awesome. Yeah, so it, it was good overall. I think I uh, and they've already the what's cool about Magfest is they. I mean, it's it's not corporate associated at all. It's all run by fans and for fans, and they already have a Reddit thing and they're replying to feedback. So I think a lot of people have said like maybe don't do panels at like three in the morning and stuff. So they're already learning, but that good time overall. Movie. Yeah, it's it kind of. <laughs> blew my mind the when i learned about magfest being 24 hours i was like how can anyone have fun at this you're gonna be dead but then i was like oh no it kind of it promotes a more chill atmosphere because you don't feel rushed to make it to everything before everything closes or you're just on adderall the whole time yeah yeah oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> yeah so um well here's the next year at magfest but um rob what have you been up to this past week uh game development stuff i can't talk about ndas oh that's fun i know right <laughs> that makes for a good podcast maybe one day maybe one day i'll be able to talk about it but you know uh i'll tell you what i did do though so here you know i don't buy a lot of books anymore art books i'm very very picky because i once had a giant art book collection and i had to move it and i was like well i need to stop that so oh, yeah how I, that was I strategy spent, guides i spent a year offloading my art book collection to an art department I worked in just slowly, you know, two books a day for 365 days. So I finally got rid of most of them. Um, but every now and then something comes across my desk. I heard this amazing stuff from some friends about a book called how to make Capcom fighting games, which was supposed to have all these frames of animation from the original street fighter games and everything um, collected in a book, about three, 400 pages deep Japan only. And so I heard a lot of good things about it. I looked at the preview pics. It seemed to be a lot of hand-drawn stuff, which which is what I want. I'm like, oh, I, I was hoping that, you know, frames from Street Fighter, maybe one or two or Super Street Fighter, Alpha, one, two, three, maybe Marvel superheroes, Children of the Atom, maybe Red Earth, you know, like some really cool uh, stuff. I get the book, took forever, finally showed up. Uh, it's out of 400 pages, let's say, I don't know if it's 300, 400 pages, let's say out of 400 pages, 375 of them are uh, Street Fighter Five 3D models, you know, <laughs> and I'm fucking mad, guys. Like, like, I've just been raging about it for two days, you know, and literally 20 pages are like frames and hitbox drawings from maybe Street Fighter Two, and they're all Ryu, and then some Akiman art that I've already seen before. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with Capcom? You know, like, like seriously, oh, dude, they have all this fucking. They're, 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 remember the Mega Man fighting game? They have all these fucking things. The, the the puzzle fighter frames of animation, all these things they could do. If they should call it How to Make Street Fighter Five, I don't know about you guys. I don't ever want to buy a book where there's pictures of 3D models 
Like, I just don't find anything artistic about that. That is you kind, know? Of, kind of weird. What was that um, 3D Street Fighter game for the PlayStation back then? It was like Street Fighter EX? EX Alpha Plus. Yeah, that was good, right? I'm sure oh, that I don't want a book of the 3D models. <laughs> you understand? Like, right. I want book with development art and all the things behind the screens. Look, it was one thing when they used to hand draw things and then pixelate them. You knew there was a drawing behind those pixels. There was something behind it, right? Mm-hmm. With 3D models, what you see on the screen is what they got. There's nothing behind it. You know, like there's developmental art and that's what I do for a living these days. So like, I'm like, where's all the... Capcom has to have just treasure troves, right? Of frames of animation and developmental art from all those games we've never even... I mean, where's all the developmental art from from uh, Star Gladiator even? You know, or what about Rival Schools or Project Justice or... It's called How to Make Capcom Fighting Games and it's 375 pages of pictures of... I don't know what to do with this book, guys. I'm kind of like, <laughs> I don't even want to put on eBay because I'm like, that's more effort of my life. I have to devote to this book, right? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly oh. like most of us saying, like, Sega is not just Sonic. You know, it's a hard battle, apparently. It'd be like how to make Sega games, and it was all like Sega Forces 375 pages of yeah. Sega Forces, you know, and then like 20 pages of, you know, Sonic 2. I don't know. So. That I've been mad about that for three days. I'm still <laughs> mad. Like I'm. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're finally able to get off the better. Huh? No, it's not gonna get better. Uh, <laughs> played Monster Boy. So playing Monster Boy, and uh, that's about it. That's what I've been up to. Oh, and getting ready to do Mega Visions issue eight. So uh, a lot of developmental work on that. We finally launched. We finally shipped. Well, Chris, you guys shipped issue seven. I shipped. I've been spending fucking. Like, I've, been spending, <laughs> I've spent more time at the post office, like in the past week, than I have probably in the last two years combined. That's okay. I love it. I love it. It's so much fun. Feel my pain from the Kickstarter reward, you <laughs> bitch. <laughs> that was worse. Every Dreamcast fucking marathon. People wonder why things don't get out in a timely manner. I'm like, I don't want to. Right. So, so I'm starting. My my in my personal development stuff, which I start production the first week of February, so in about three weeks, and so I just got notes and plans for myself and things I want to do to you know improve and, and modify the magazine over the course of three or four issues. Um, one of the things I'm going to be doing is I'm developing a little mini comic that'll be in the magazine. So getting ready, uh, starting to do all that. If people follow the Instagram, they can kind of see some of that stuff there, um, and then really. Like, there's a lot of stuff with the retro section of the magazine that uh, it's going to have a more unique look to it. So right now, I sort of feel it's kind of all blending together. But guys, I'm if if you got complaints about the magazine, understand I have more than you. Like I am probably <laughs> the most critical fucking person. There is, you know, like I'm always like chasing that that perfect little thing. I I've never hit it. So um, I'm very happy with the product. Uh, I would say, you know, having received the, the issue, it really does feel like you got your money's worth weight wise, right? Like it has oh, a real sure. solid feel to it. So I'm very, very happy with that. Like you could hurt an old lady with this magazine. 
<laughs> I want to it's really nice. Oh, we're going to talk about that part of MAGFest now. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that could be our panel at 4 a.m. We could just roll right. magazines at the Fantastic. Well, <laughs> yeah, it could, hey, real MAGFest, right? right. See, yeah. I, I was unaware of MAGFest. That seems to be like an East Coast thing. Right. It's yeah. Uh, there's actually they've expanded, but yeah, it's uh, the main one is East Coast though. Yeah, there is a Mag West as well. I'm I, I I'm over here. It's mostly packs you hear about or E3, you know. So yeah. Actually, My wife was, did think it was a magazine festival that we were going uh, to. She was like, oh, are you going to bring your magazines to show? I was yeah. like, well, yeah, but um, I'm going to show you know, like take a few. And she's like, okay, well, like, are you having a panel or anything? I was like, well, well no, not this year. She's like, well, why not? It's a it's a magazine convention, right? <laughs> I was like, no, it's music and games. Uh, but, is what it stands for. So yeah, and you're like, oh, honey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she's. So, I love her. You know. She's to be fair, that's what I thought. When you're like going to magazine fest, I'm like, no fucking way, I'm going to a magazine. Convention. You know what I mean? Like, it's, like no offense, guys. I and I was honest with with Chris since the beginning. I said the last thing I want to do is make a magazine. Like when I was making Game Fan, I was like, I don't want to make a magazine. Game magazines are, I I have a love for retro game magazines, but the the idea when you tell people you're making a magazine, they're thinking the cheapest blandest thing they can think of it's a buyer's guide that's coming out every month and i'm like that's not a recipe for success i know this because i've personally lost you know almost lost a home over magazines you know so it's like uh, i want to make something more than that couldn't imagine going to a convention where well it mostly be filled with what tattoo magazines and readers digest and high yeah, like, like you go to the magazine section in a store these days it's pretty bad like it's like wow so like i've always been like with whatever we're doing with megavisions like it needs to be something that's not a magazine you know unfortunately we don't have a whole lot of words in the english to dictionary to it's book magazine or comic is all we got you know and you tell people you're making a digest and you better as well be throwing shit at the elderly because it's not going <laughs> to happen you know <laughs> megavisions digest right it doesn't work you know like what can megavisions count no it's a magazine but fucking whatever so um we're redefining but, magazines is what we're doing fuck them well look i just think we're defining our own you know right. and and the more we make them and the more we can fine tune it and the more I sort of continue to push, you know, a lot of the, the ideas I've had for the better part of 30 years, I think that'll become more apparent, you know, like as we go along. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, I th- I'm more interested in consistency, you know, like if it's every three months, every four months, whatever. But um, but I can say this, right, like without a doubt, uh, I'm very proud that what we have right now is uniquely us until someone knocks us off right like that's coming so just wait for it <laughs> we'll find them at the magazine convention and kick their ass is what we'll do yeah it won't be hard to find their booth there might be like eight there <laughs> right. yeah, exactly. yeah so um all right uh why don't we get into some news now let's get into the news bag marson you want to take us into the news bag buddy i sure will i feel like i haven't oh, done this in a uh, long time you should have a new let's... sack We'll yeah, open it. We'll open it up. Here it comes. Let me unzip my. Oh, right. What's in there? <laughs> Here's the new sack. Who had hey, that? Your mind went ready. there. I was just trying to provide <laughs> some uh, fucking what's it called? 
sound effects. Some foley. I'm the foley artist on this. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, so for news, uh, I feel like this past week was actually quite eventful. Um, the one of, one of the uh, interesting pieces of news that I'm always happy to, to uh, write about is any news about Shenmue Three. So uh, Yu Suzuki actually was having some interviews with the Chinese media. This was actually probably somewhere in December, but it wasn't translated until uh, around last week. Um, now, this was the rough translation, um, but I read the actual translation. So someone uh, from the Shenmue Dojo, which is one of the longest running uh, Shenmue fan sites, they did uh, an actual translation not a machine translation and it's actually almost identical so uh from this interview uh suzuki kind of just talks more about the uh combat system that it's going to be different from what it was in the first two games which is primarily the virtual fighter uh system and he essentially said that the in terms of what is new and what kind of old uh, you know gameplay ideas uh it'll be roughly around 50 50 so it's going to be 50 percent new ideas implemented into the game which he didn't have the budget or the technology to do and then 50 percent is going to be um uh, old older ideas that will obviously be fine-tuned and you know brought you know into the current generation does that mean qtes Yes, it does. <laughs> that means more uh, colored. Have the technology. That means right. more colored rubber balls in every gosh upon. Exactly. Um, he, yes. What he really means, guys, is he's going to include the Samba de Amigo Maracas as a combat weapon. <laughs> so we Hell yeah. yeah, we can do that now. <laughs> we have yeah, the technology. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so he also actually mentioned that Shenmue Three is going to play. Uh, the gameplay is going to be much longer than one and two, so he's he was saying that there will be much more replay value than one and two, which I'm sure many people are actually happy to hear because most people fear that based on the budget and and you know the amount of people in his studio that it'll be really narrowed down. Um, but from the past four years, they've kind of expanded the horizon and vision of what Shenmue Three will look like and it'll look much closer to the vision that he wanted um so that's that's basically it so i don't know if we want to discuss a little bit about the game itself and that it's coming out this year actually my um, question is what do you yeah. think you could mean by more replayability um so there were there were things like side quests and uh, other things that will kind of, he, he was saying it, that they will weave into the main story. So it also kind of affect the main story in a way. And you as a person, I don't know what he meant by that specifically, but I think there's also just uh, replayability after you beat the main quest, whatever what that thinking. main quest is, there'll be more things you can do. So it's not like, all right, let, for example, let's say he fights Landy and then, you know, that, the game ends and the game ends but it sounds right. like you can keep playing after you do whatever so i'm hoping it means that a giant meteorite might blow up the whole town and it <laughs> reboots every 24 hours and you have to start at what like i mean when they say replayability i mean unless it randomizes quests and stuff or it, like there really isn't a whole lot more 
I back the game, so I've been waiting, you know, since what was that E three they launched that Kickstarter? Twenty fifteen, yeah. Yep. Ah, it's been that long. So I mean I guess I don't know. I mean, how much content can you cram in with a team of twenty people? You know, like that that's interesting to me. I I sort of feel like right now everything we've seen are just graphical, you yes. know? Right. And I'm still worried about the eyes, guys. I'm not a nitpicker, but I, I mean, I, I also agree a little bit. I mean, a little bit. I do agree with that uh, in terms of like the facial animations where some people have kind of um, criticized that they did look kind of dead. But I I mean, I don't know. I feel like they it was an early build. But then why would you show that as your first trailer? I feel like that just kind of you just kind of shoot yourself in the foot with that kind of stuff. And the almost non-existent video game footage of like gameplay besides you know maybe him walking um that was also kind of interesting that it's been four years and they really haven't shown any gameplay but what gameplay footage did they show of shinmu one before the release i'm i'm pretty sure there was an entire like promotional tour they were showing you know you want to remember i, I can it, take you guys back yeah go, it was go all pictures of was the main guy ryu yep ryo Rio. So the main yeah. guy, it was him <laughs> at the docks with like forklifts everywhere. Like mm-hmm. there was, <laughs> it was oh, like yeah. a year of that. Like it was like so it takes place on the docks, and it kept being called Virtual Fighter RPG. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, where's the battles? I don't understand. You know, and they're like, we're gonna be doing interesting things to make you look good because if it just fights like a fighting game, and you know, it wouldn't work. And we didn't know that was gonna be QTEs, but. You know, at the time I called it Dragon's Lair. You know, like, that's just kind of like the way it sort of the fighting resembled. Uh, I don't know, man. There's always been a little bit of broken promises with Shenmue. Like every game has brought its, you know, promises and reality. Like with Shenmue One, I had hoped for like RPG uh, turn-based battles because it was called an RPG. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to complain. It, I like the game for what it is, and it was really groundbreaking, breaking in a lot of ways. Shemu 2 promised a giant thing which it did and didn't do, you know, to to a lot of extents and Shemu 3, man, like I almost wish they had just made Shemu 3 visually look like a better version of Shemu 1, like new lighting, giant open areas, but if they had kept that older graphical style, they could be spending a lot more time making content. Mm-hmm. Like the more realistic and more diff, you know, the more graphic uh fidelity you put into the game, the more that eats up production. It's the largest part of production. So, like, I just wonder how much time is spent making all these models in Unreal versus, like, if they just made little poly models, man, with pixel textures and shit, like, it would look older, but you could do, you know, like, real-time lighting and things that the engine can do for you and get you a lot of bang for your buck. And they could be spending this time... You know, we could be just going around shops collecting Pocky, you know, for like 20 hours. <laughs> yeah, really just spending this whole year optimizing Space Harrier. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's what you're talking about. Finding game. I promise you, it's going to be amazing. It would be great if you could get sucked into the arcade games and then you're Rio, you know, and like there's this weird shit. Wreck it, Ralph. But I'm not going to hope what the game is. It's this game in Bloodstained, which, you know, are on my, hmm, we'll see how it turns out. And I'm backers on both. So it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I do wonder. Was it, uh, I've only 
played through the first one, um, and I already forgot. When you finish the first game, is your save file still the one before the end of the game? Yeah. So, yeah. It, it, okay. it's what, so you when, once you beat the first one, you get a cleared file, and oh, then that right. cleared file transfers over to the second one. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, so, that didn't work so much for America, but yeah. No. But in, in the in the HD remaster, you get to do that because it's on the same disc or right. you know, the same uh, file. So, oh, yeah. this would probably be a good time, uh, Scotty. Do you want to talk about like our our new like Shinmu? Yeah, um, project. Pro we're gonna see. We're gonna see how this goes because uh, I've tried something similar in the past and it didn't work out. But hey, it's 2019. New year, new. <gasps> We could call it New Year, New You, and spell it Y-U. <laughs> um, no, anyway, we're going <laughs> to... Sorry. <laughs> we're going to... It's the Shenmue journey. Um, people might remember the last episode, Chris and I uh, copied each other's New Year's resolutions related to gaming, and we're both, uh, we both had the goal to finish Shenmue 2 um, before 3 comes out. So I was like, hey, why don't we do that and like kind of just discuss our journey as we go? Um, and... So we're going to try that out. We're going to see how it goes and take it, you know, not necessarily chapter by chapter, but just play it through and talk about the game as we go. Because neither of us, I've never touched any part of Shenmue 2. Have you tried to start it before in the past, Chris? Oh, yeah, I've gotten like okay. fairly far into it. Um, like okay. years ago, I, I I think I probably like three quarters of the way. Um, and I restarted yeah. it again about a year ago uh, and stopped about where i where i ended up the, the last time um but i i think it would be fun because marcin you're gonna join in on it this with us i think what would be kind of neat is if each of us played on a different platform uh and i actually have the dream the european dreamcast version oh, of nice. okay. and what's neat about that one is that it only has the japanese voice acting and what i noticed about that version is that the voice acting one is a lot better than the the English voice acting in that it, there's not it doesn't seem to be that that cheesiness factor that's that's going on there. Someone so, call it charm, right? For sure, there is a <laughs> charm to it, but I I feel like it gives it a more serious tone, and it's not you know that that kind of cheesy cheesiness there. And so I it's it's a much different experience than when I first played it on the Xbox, and so I thought it might be neat for each of us to play it on a different platform. So maybe if you have it on PS4, you could do it on that one, Mars and me on PC, and I can play it on the Dreamcast. And then that would give us kind of a little bit added uh, kind of wrinkle where we can kind of talk about uh, some of the differences in, in, in our experience as we play through and experience the game kind of simultaneously week to week or every two weeks or however we're going to do it. Yeah, what so a man, right? It, it, right? It, it, Who? <laughs> pile of secrets um but uh yeah and and i thought too like we wouldn't want to do that for this show because then it would just turn into that anyway and this is separate things so yeah but that should be cool uh i'm excited to finally get into that game because i just finished shenmue one last year so yeah i'm ready i'm ready to go to china go to china your body is ready 
Uh, yes. And I was uh, before we get too far off of um, how he's how they said that it's going to three is going to be longer than both one and two. I was curious and I looked up speed runs. The first one, people apparently can't get through any faster than like seven or eight hours. Um, the second one, though, people have it beaten under two hours. So take that as you will. But this will be at least <laughs> maybe a 10 hour game. Yes, there was a lot of backtracking in that first game, there, guys. Right, load screens. So I don't yeah, know there's a lot of things. You, the yeah, one you good thing about the second through. one is that you can just go find a random person and be like, "Hey, I'm trying to go here," and they're like, "Oh, I was going that way too. Just follow me." And that's a perfect time to get up and go pee, or go grab a beer, or you know, go walk the dog, or take your kid out to the trash, or whatever you might have to do. Take um, what kid to the trash? What? I didn't say that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just um, what I'm saying is it's very handy. I I, I I like that feature. I'm hoping uh, you Suzuki will keep that in three. Does that? How does it? Is it in real time though? You like just walk next to the dude slowly riding his bicycle or something? He auto follows them. Yeah, so he yeah. Auto-packs. So you know Jesus how it's in Christ. first person. Yeah. How you can zoom things in first person. So you're basically zooming in and you're watching this person walk and you're walking automatically behind them. Video games. So yeah. It's like in Grand Theft Auto where you take the cab and you can actually just take the full ride and not skip I it. I do. Yeah, I recall <laughs> that. Yeah. Um, That's what huh. I do. Interesting. Cool. So next up is uh, the the bioevil piece, Scotty. Since you wrote this one, you want to talk about this one? Yeah. So um, it is. Uh, I guess this is kind of what you would call a demake, um, and that's when someone might take. You know, if someone tried to grab Sonic Adventure and somehow make it into a Game Boy Advance game, that would be a demake of it because you're kind of digressing. But uh, anyway, someone is making or I'm sorry, it's PSCD is the the group that's making BioEvil, which is an isometric Resident Evil for with the Genesis or Mega Drive in mind. Um, so it looks like it's pretty much the game one-to-one um, from the couple of videos that I saw. There is a demo out. I have unfortunately have not had a chance to check that out, um, but it's really cool. I, uh, I just finished streaming. Well, I say just finished, but it was back in October. Uh, played through the first Resident Evil on Saturn, and I definitely want to check this out because I love that the game and the the first two to probably in uh, some sort of degree that borders on madness. But um, I'm very ready to see what they do with this because I think even if it is like no changes at all, just beat for beat the exact same game, it's still cool to see just a different take on it. Uh, on, and uh, I don't know, I don't know that they have any plans to like release a cartridge or if it's going to be anything more than just like a ROM or a download file or what. But uh, still really neat. It's still in production. They don't even have um, like a planned release date or anything like that. It's just happening. It's been going on for a little over a year and they just released a, a new video on it. So, um, yeah, it should be cool. I'm excited for it. Yeah, I it, it looks really good i mean they're going through almost like uh like room by room and recreating uh each each thing so they released that that new video uh i'm i'm really excited about it i haven't played the demo yet um but i I definitely want to check that out for sure yeah i'm just curious to see how they do a lot of things like the bosses and just different parts that i mean it kind of makes sense to put it in isometric because it the first version of it does have you know fixed camera angles so you don't have control over the camera but it'll just be interesting how they do uh, some bigger areas and stuff i think yeah for sure um 
So next up is some news out of Super Fighter Team. So they've they've been around for a long time, uh, making uh, you know original Dreamcast or I'm sorry uh, Genesis Genesis games, and uh, they're coming out with I guess they're localizing a Genesis strategy RPG called Vixen Three Five Seven that was released in Japan back in the early '90s, but I guess never made its way. Uh, over to the the West. Uh, it was originally developed by a studio called Messiah, which I, it sounds awesome, but I've never heard of them before. And uh, so they're uh, listing it for pre-order uh, right now. It's going to be about $63 for people in the U.S. and 70 uh, outside the U.S. And that will include a cartridge manual and you'll get like the box art. Um, so I guess the story is... In the year 2396, the nation of Marasma Harp completed development of the newest and most advanced line of combat, Operation Robots. They're called Vectors. Intended to protect planet Earth from alien invaders, these powerful weapons were entrusted to Takuya Takuya Morasawa's slash team for field testing. But when Marasma Harp's military installation suddenly came under attack by another nation, slash team was called to put to the front lines of battle. This young, fresh-faced group must now put the proven vectors, the unproven vectors, to the ultimate test in a rush to unmask and defeat the enemy. This is sounds like almost every anime, like in the early '90s, uh, to me. Uh, but it you know, you know awesome. what it looks like? It looks like Shining Force meets Front Mission. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It looks cool. It does look cool. Yeah. I. Th- I. Yeah, I like every bit about what you read, Chris. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> you think it's in the future, like, guys, if if someone's gonna talk and then and then we're gonna read some slogans, maybe one of us else should read it because I couldn't tell. I thought you were just saying all that. I'm like, fucking Chris really planned that shit out. Like, <laughs> wait, no, I totally did. That was I had that in my memory. I just pulled that out. You just went right into that. I was like, whoa, he's just going, and then I looked. Oh, he's reading. Oh, son of a bitch. Oh, okay. God, you're, you're ruining the mystique. Uh, yeah, that's what I do. I ruin. <laughs> no, these guys, Super Fighter Team. They uh, they they made a game back in the day called Beggar Prince, which is like an R- RPG. Uh, and it was like in super limited uh, run, and it's like sells for like a crap ton of money. Uh, you want to know a story about that? Yeah, I didn't even know. So Beggar Prince, the guy who put that together, was from El Cajon, and my roommate buddy Joe. I, I so I had this place called the Sketchpad. It was this little shitty apartment when I was in college, and my buddy Joe worked at the mall. And he'd always meet random people to do art projects, and he would never come through. And I'd always end up doing the work and. It's how it worked out. So he made friends with this guy who wanted to publish Beggar Prince. Bagger Prince. He's going to be the first Genesis game released in the United States with the full cartridges, and he wanted Joe to do the art. And I was like, Joe can't draw. Like, it's not going to work out. He'll quit. So, so you know, he was going to quit. So I came on board to do it. But the guy didn't want to work with me. He only wanted to work with Joe because he was friends with Joe. And since Joe wasn't going to draw it, then, you know, it didn't work out. But I got to see that stuff all early. Uh, for that whatever that story is worth guys i but... thought you were gonna say you did everything for bagger prince no but i was i was trying to no. you, know you probably I mean? should have like, i don't i don't count you know like <laughs> you probably should have because the the box art is, is not good it looks like it looks like uh you remember that really really bad uh beauty and the beast tv show like in the 90s that had uh ron perlman motherfucker ron perlman you know <laughs> there's a beauty and the beast tv show oh yeah look it up 
look it up. But yeah, the uh, one of the, the the one of the central characters on there looks a little bit like Ron Perlman's uh, Beast, and that it's Holy not good. Shit, I just found it. This is bad. It's really bad. Ugh, I'm not. They probably sure just got some homeless on. guy. Like, hey, can you draw? It's like hey, look, uh, I dropped out on. My goal was to give it that whole Shining Force feel meets, you know, like, uh, uh, fucking, what's the game I'm thinking of? The Front Mission. What the Legend fuck of Oasis. is this poster? Bro? <laughs> you know what I mean? Or like Land. No, that would have been dope, you know? though. Le- yeah, yeah, for sure. Legend of Oasis was awesome. Yeah, but the, the guy art- didn't want to work with me, so. Yeah, it's um. This is this is great audio. Uh, the cover it looks like, uh, <laughs> there's so it's okay. Beggar Prince. So think Prince and the Popper. And the prince is happy and charming, and he's next to the beggar, both uh, your typical white boys with uh, shortish, short, shortish brown, longish hair. I don't even know how to describe it. But there's like a cat creature standing behind them with a creepy Dudley Do-Right almost mustache just looking down at them both. And it's just like, I don't know what's going on, but I don't want any part of this. One's Look, the beggar, one's the prince, right? Where, where it works, though is that the game looks Japanese and the box art looks like a shitty American port. So it works, you know, like in classic retro fashion. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if, you, if you're Man. familiar with the Mega Man box art versus the Mega Man game, then you would know where we're coming with on that. So. It's bad. But I just like uh, the names in there, Slash Team. So it's like, yeah, you got, were you guys at the show last night? Yeah, dude, Slash Team opened for vec- Unproven Vectors. It was great. <laughs> Oh, Beresma Harp really closed the show, though. It was great. Nailed Wait, it. George R. R. Martin wrote for that Beauty and the Beast TV show? Yes, sir. Oh, we've lost Marcin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now I'm going down the rabbit hole. <laughs> Marcin, come back. Uh, we're going to talk about Shenmue again. Come back. <laughs> oh, good, good, yes. We got him back. Okay. The, the um... thing is, it's a furry, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, that is going to wrap up the new sack. Is that what we're calling the new sack? Um, Now let's get into some of our feature discussion. And so in last week's episode, we we look back at all of uh, some of the the best releases from Sega um, and kind of our general, uh, you know, video game uh, releases of last year. But this week, we want to take a look at all the Sega games that uh, Sega currently has announced and is on uh, slate for release this year. And just kind of talk about our thoughts about them. Uh, so first up, it was actually released this week. It was kind of a surprise. Was uh, was uh, was the new Catherine game released on Steam. Have you guys uh, seen anything about that? I've uh, seen it, but I haven't personally gone in and you know, taking a look at it. I don't know. Called, like, uh, Catherine Classic. So it's basically the original Catherine game uh, that's been ported over to Steam. Uh, there are some improvements. It has like 4K resolution, unlock frame rate, and the option to choose between uh, English and Japanese uh, voiceovers. So that's kind of like the standard now when Sega ports a, a console game over to Steam. It's just like, oh, we'll throw in 4K, yeah, unlock frame rate, and, and this other stuff. Uh, but it's only 20 bucks, so that's kind of good. Uh, I actually never really played Catherine when it originally came out. Uh, I own it on PS3, I think, uh, but I, I've never really played it. Have, have any of you guys got any experience with it? 
You want you want my story? Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. he's got stories. Man, maybe I what should go first. Does this involve Joe like... again? Huh? No, no, no. This involves E3, though. So so I was at the E3. When, this was on my top three games. It was it 2010, I want to say, it came out? So uh, anyway. I can grab a box and check. Go I ahead. believe it was the same E3 as when they, uh, they debuted the Kinect, because I think it was to the right of the Catherine booth. Um, 2011. 2011. So it was a 2010, and they had the demo up. And uh, at E3, when you play demos, so, you know, normally they have a person standing there, they walk you through the controls, and then you play the game. Um, and that's what happened. Now, I was looking forward to Catherine because it has this whole, you know, real-time anime look. And I'm super into artsy games, and I was like, oh, I can't wait to play this game. Sat down to play it, and for some fucking reason, the whole game is based around jumping up boxes. Hell yeah. And I was like, what the fuck is this guy? <laughs> and I could not fit. And this Why did they make Cubert again? Yeah, I was like, what the fuck is this? I thought we were doing like 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 anime stuff. I mean, what is this shit? And I was like, is this intelligent cube with tits? I, I couldn't figure it out, man. And yeah. so, <laughs> and the guy That's how they should have marketed. I was fucking horrible at it, and the guy was clowning me to no end. <laughs> and I was like, You're being a dick. And he was like, Dude, you suck. And I was like, I was like, I do, but I didn't think this shit was gonna be about running up fucking cubes. You know, like, where was the cube pictures and all the trailers and shit? It's all the those cool cutscenes and so yeah, man. I don't know. I, I never went back to it. So there you go. Fun fact. Oh, that's a shame because it's a good game. Um, it's the only Atlas game I've actually beaten, but uh, I dug it. Yeah, the game itself. You could argue it has three types of gameplay because there, it's a there's a love triangle involved. The story's inter- interesting, and um, there are parts where you're kind of walking around a bar and just talking to people and pro- progressing the story with like people in real life. And then you uh, go to sleep as Vincent, and then you're in this um, going from bottom to top, climbing up this tower made of cubes. Oh, yeah. And you have to, yep, yep. And you <laughs> have to um, learn these different tricks to kind of scoot around them and stuff. And then there is a also within the bar parts you have an arcade game, which is like a really low res version of the dream sequences. Um, and you can play through a whole other game in the bar and whatever, but uh, I really liked it. Uh, I'm excited for the full body version. Um, and uh, yeah, I think they have a bunch of like avatars and stickers and whatever else on the PC version, the re-release too. So it's, it's cool. I'm excited for this. Yeah, if you buy it within the first two weeks, uh, I think you get that digital pack. Uh, so along with that, Sega finally confirmed that Catherine Full Body is going to be coming to the West. Uh, it releases in Japan on Valentine's Day, uh, but they didn't put a release date uh, to Full Body in the West. But I guess it's going to be kind of uh, kind of like what uh, a Persona was it Persona Four Golden was just. Uh, added content and and that sort of thing. It's going to be kind of like the definitive edition. Is that what full body supposed to be? I was trying to find out and I couldn't really find a solid answer to that. Honestly, I know that they're okay. Well, it's called Catherine because Vincent um, spoilers for the first 15 minutes of the game. He's with this girl named Catherine with a K who is pressuring him into marriage. Watch out for those girls. Catherine. Apparently. Oh yeah. Um, but they, uh, he, yeah, she's pressuring him in the marriage and then he gets drunk at a bar, fall, uh, pretty drunk, ends up waking up with another girl in bed. And her name is also Catherine with a C, oh, which I think sure. was just an excuse to 
you know, maybe that was lazy voice acting. I don't know. But um, and now there's a third Catherine, which is probably just spelled with a Y instead of an Q. I at the end there. I'm not sure. <laughs> Q. Q. Yeah. Catherine with a Q. Catherine. Yeah, she has a lisp. Um, <laughs> <Marson. the, laughs> so Martin. Um, yep. But um, yeah, so it's neat that they're doing that, I think. Um, this was a game. This was one of those games that also it had a different box. It had a different cover for the PS3 and the Xbox version, but then a totally edited version in um, Best Buy and Walmart. <laughs> Fun facts. Which one that. is worth more? Um, probably the Love is Over edition of either of them that comes with like boxer shorts and a pillowcase and other stuff. <laughs> it should come with a shit talking demo guy. You just <laughs> realize the game's about fucking running up boxes. Oh man. But all yeah. right. <laughs> That's great. Well, let's oh, see if you guys. The third girl is named Rin. So, okay. There you go. I know Which you're there's, all. There's also a Rin in Shinmu, isn't there? I think. Oh my god. Ren. There's I'm on Ren. This is horrible. I'm reading the fandom wiki page of Catherine Full Body. The second bullet point is there will be new quote unquote sexy events oh. episodes and over 20 new whatever. Nothing else matters after that. <laughs> <laughs> sexy events. So yeah, it's it's overall it's like a director's cut kind of thing. So yeah, I don't know if it's going to be as extensive as like Persona 4 Golden, but I'm excited for it because it's the only Atlas game I've ever finished. Very nice. Uh, next up is Toe Jam and Earl back in the groove coming on March 1st. This isn't a official Sega game, but come on. I mean, Toe Jam and Earl is so tied in closely with Sega. Um, this is kind of an unofficial Sega game. Uh, we've been, I've, I've been following this thing ever since Greg uh, Johnson uh, announced this on or, or launched this on Kickstarter. I actually knew about it like a year beforehand. Um, it was a funny story. We inadvertently posted a, an article on on Kickstarter like way early before they uh, they were ready to to talk about it because uh, there was uh, some miscommunication between me and Greg where he gave me all the information about it. He gave me like art assets, all this other stuff, and uh, so I go. I went ahead and wrote up the article on Sega Nerds, and I was like, okay, just tell me, let me know when you're ready for me to uh to go ahead and publish it he's like okay cool we're ready for it or he said something along those lines which led me to think like yes go ahead and publish it so we went ahead and published it and uh about 20 minutes goes by and then all of a sudden he calls me and frantically he's like hey you gotta pull that down i i we why did you publish it i was like you told me you were ready for us to go ahead and do it he's like oh no that's not what i meant so we had to pull it down, uh, and and thankfully it had only been up for maybe like fifteen or twenty minutes. So I don't think too many people saw. So um, we didn't like spoil the the surprise uh, for Toe Jam and Earl back in the groove coming out. Um, but that was just kind of a, f- a funny story. Uh, but I'm I've been following this thing for so long. Uh, Toe Jam and Earl, the first game is played such a big, it had such a big impact uh, on on me growing up. It was one of my favorite Genesis games. Uh, my cousins and I played that game so much growing up. So I'm super excited about this. It might be actually one of my most anticipated games, most anticipated Sega-related games, at least, uh, of this year. What do you guys think about it? 
I was just kind of like I was never like a big fan of Toe Jam and Earl, uh, but I was kind of just intrigued by Greg Johnson's whole history and how he created the game. And then you kind of discussed like his feelings about you know the game industry as a whole. So I'm just kind of um, from a perspective of uh, being happy for him to get this game finally released and him actually you know getting you know more recognition and whatnot uh, is is good so i'm actually definitely gonna buy it when it comes out which is what now like 50 something days march 1st is like a month and a half but yeah i'm 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 happy for him and i'm and the game looks good like from from what i've from what we've been covering on sega nerds then um it's been a long journey uh and they've been going from like publisher to now it's not being funded through Kickstarter and Adult Swim and all that fun stuff. Um, it has been an interesting journey because, right, they 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 were on Kickstarter. They had a successful Kickstarter, and then they signed a deal with Adult Swim Games. They were with them for about a year or so, and then they announced that they were no longer with them. And I think they signed on with a new publisher. So it was, it's, it's been a, a weird journey. For Toe Jam and Earl. And then, oh, they announced earlier this week that one of the characters in the game is is gay. So um, take that uh, for what it's worth. Hey, fun fact. This is why I don't like putting games on our covers that are nowhere near coming out or haven't already come out. Because it's been two years since we put <laughs> Toe Jam hey, then we're, on we're Mega Visions like, issue uh, one. We're like yeah. GamePro in that aspect of having the cover story out way before anything's due out. I used to argue at play about this all the time. I mean, it was tied to advertising dollars, but now that they aren't, I'm like, let's not put games on the covers. Because we, when I was at Retro, we did that uh, Mighty Number no. 9 on issue one. Oh, that, that, that was a good one, right? <laughs> yeah, and I can't sell that shit ever now. You know what I mean? Look how that went. So it's like, why don't we just wait till the game comes out? I wouldn't be you surprised just... if people get mad at you for even drawing it. Huh? Now they do. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I supported, like, I'm like, I bought, I backed the Kickstarter, but I didn't know it was going to turn out, you know. Hey, look, if Mighty Number no. 9 didn't come out, we wouldn't have got Mega Man 11, like, because it clearly was a response to, <laughs> you know. Uh, I'll say this, man, about the the being gay thing. I mean, maybe we could do a crossover with Overwatch and Toe Jam and Earl. You know what I mean? Like, we could. The long con. Soldier 76. Say, hey, you know what I mean? That'd be <laughs> awesome. And uh, what's the other one? Tracer. I'm I'm all for it. Yep, those are the only Overwatch characters. I spent the porn parody. That's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> Toe Jam and Earl and Overwatch porn parody. Yeah. Well, Toe Jam's always had some weird stuff going on with his three legs. So Toe Jam, Toe Jam and Earl back in Tracer's groove. <laughs> um, it was Game uh, Game Informer. My bad to correct myself. I said Game Pro, who has the covers way ahead of when the games are out. They all um, do, man. I wouldn't stress over that. <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, but uh, I'm I'm very excited about this. I Toe Jam and Earl was a big part of my growing up and getting into Sega. Um, the first game never really quite hit with me. Um, I think maybe I was too young to understand. It's it's people say it's one of a kind. People say no, it's just a roguelike. You know, it's whatever. But it had its own humor. Um, I played the shit out of the second one, though. Um, my my mom is not a gamer, but there are games that she latches onto. Like she could kick my butt in Tetris any day, but she loved um, uh, Planet Funkatron, Toe Jam and Earl Planet Pan- Panic on Funkatron. My bad. Um, and so that's a that's a cool platformer, but this is not that at all. Uh, they're going back to the first game's roots, and I'm excited for it. And uh, did you did anyone play a uh, 
um, Doki Doki Panic that Human Nature also put out. I did actually. It came out. Uh, that was I think was it made a, a launch game on the PS4. It came soon after it uh, was released. Uh, yes, I think you're right because it. I remember that was a rare like three way three three system purchase or whatever you get on Vita four and three. I think. Mm-hmm. That was, it was a neat game. Um, yeah, and, and and you get it on the Soldier Boy console too. Hell yeah. Um, the uh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, but I well, reason I agree to is it like, or not, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's gonna be on there. So probably. Um, but uh, the reason I bring that up is I'm glad that game happened because that I liked the Doki Doki Universe, but it was very slow paced, but it still had that charm. I think thankfully since that happens they're going to like, I feel like back in the groove is not going to be as slow paced as the first to a jam and Earl, just with the different humor and stuff in there, but I'm excited for it overall. Uh, I'm trying to just, Oh, and the limited run, we can't forget to mention for the collectors out there, limited run did do um, Genesis boxes for this game. Not that there's going to be a cartridge version, but they did those and gave them out at PAX East. I don't know if they're going to still have them on the site or what, but that's a cool little, tidbit that they decided to do yeah living run is always doing some some really cool stuff so um more to come on that i'm i'm super excited they actually sent some emails out today uh just some reminders for people to uh so i guess some last minute uh like surveys like basically like get your shit together let us know what what platform you want these uh you want your codes for uh, i think I, I think i ended up getting a pc uh version um I, I ended up getting the vinyl figures. I didn't even realize uh, I did that. Works. I didn't. I had no idea. I I meant to get a physical version of one of the systems, but I must have somehow uh, selected that I, I to get the vinyl figures. They just showed up one day, and so now I have them uh, sitting on my shelf. They look really good, by the way. Uh, yeah. They look great. Um, and one of the one of the pieces of advice Greg gave me is never do physical rewards for a Kickstarter. <laughs> He's like, we spent way too much money on all these things. Uh, and so then we did a physical magazine years later. There you go. <laughs> That's yeah, right. So. That's how we do it. That's how we do it. <laughs> yeah. I love taking people's advice and doing the exact opposite. Um, all right. So next up on March 7th is Total War Three Kingdoms. And Marcin, I think this is the one we actually saw at E3 this past year. I mean, we saw it. Yeah, there was there wasn't any gameplay. It was a guy in a booth kind of demonstrating the game. Mm-hmm. So I mean, but yeah, it's it's like the other Total War games. I mean, if you're a fan of real time strategy games and Total War, you'll you know be excited. If not, then. Uh, you will not be excited because I personally suck at real-time strategy games. I've tried StarCraft, and I'm terrible at it. So The one interesting thing about this one is it seemed like they took a much more cinematic approach to it. Like mm-hmm. it, it looked way different than your standard Total War game, at least in the, from the presentation. It, there was really cool, like, sweeping shots before the battle took place to show you all the the different uh soldiers and formations and generals it looked really neat from that standpoint i I think cinematically and Mm -hmm. the presentation looked way better than any other total war game i've seen to date yeah i mean i I agree with that yeah 
uh, Chris, at E3, was that game playable or did they have to walk you through it? It wasn't playable at all. Like what right. Martin was saying, they just had a dude up there. I don't yeah. know if he was playing it or just playing a video or what was going on there. Uh, so, but it uh, was not playable at all. Fun fact, at E3, the most elaborate booth was Total War <laughs> yeah. Kingdoms with giant gold yeah, right. dragons and a, and a Chinese monastery. Yes. And the freaking game wasn't even playable. <laughs> yeah, it was just a fucking monitor and some guy on a podium. I, I they, went... they put so much time and money into the whole elaborate set and everything. They were like, all right, is the game ready? Oh, we, oh, we had to do that, too? Yeah. yeah, we got to distract. No game, <laughs> just a giant booth. I went in there just so I could sit down on the bench, to be honest with you. I was like, oh, I can sit down for like 20 minutes? Okay, fine, you got me. Let me, <laughs> let me rest these old gams, and uh, and and you got me for, for 20 minutes. So, um, But no, the game did look good. Uh, I'll be honest, I'm not going to play this game. I, I keep telling myself every time there's a new Total War game, hey, maybe I'll play this one. It's Total War, Civil War 3. Maybe I'll play it, and I don't. And so I'm not even going to even i'm just gonna be honest with myself i'm not gonna play this game but for those people that are total war fans i think they're gonna love this game I, it's it's right up your alley for that so uh you know go that's how it. i feel every time an armored core game makes his way around like i really really <laughs> love the idea of it but i'm like oh, i'll just be scrolling through fucking mm-hmm. gun types for <laughs> seven hours getting nothing done <laughs> that's hilarious so the game, the game that Rob is most looking forward to this year, May 21st, Team Sonic Racing. Rob, tell us uh, about your love for Team Sonic Racing. My love is so strong. I envision uh, a version of this in VR where I just see these giant muscular furry legs protruding <laughs> and I just start running. They just start running. <laughs> running as far away from the movie theater as possible. Oh, wait, no. That other Sonic Racing. Uh, E3 was interesting. I love Sega. I, I mean, shit, we're making a Sega magazine. We do this, you know, Sega podcast. But damn, if it ain't tough, some they make it real hard. They, they don't make it easy, right? They don't make it easy. And it's <laughs> Sonic Team Racing. I, it felt like the game that should have come out before Tag Team Racing. You know, like it right. really, yeah. It I get why it was pushed back, but I got a feeling nothing's going to change. Um, I don't understand. First off, the game wasn't optimized when we were at E3. So tons of slowdown and chugging. Marson could play it like a motherfucker. I felt like you ever, you ever, um, okay. So here's a story. Back at San Diego Comic-Con in 1996, I took my little brother who was like eight, my stepbrother. And they had the Spawn game set up on PS1, mm-hmm. right? At McFarlane's, Todd McFarlane's booth. And fucking everyone hated it. Um, but my little brother, could, no one could play it. My little brother could so well that even Todd stood there watching. I'm like, hey, man, the kid gets it. And I'm like, that's, <laughs> you know, because he's eight and doesn't know what the fuck. Is. Somehow it's working. Like When Marza when was making Sonic Team Racing work, I was like shocked. I'm like, well, there's something there. <laughs> but it really may as well have just been like, like a mobile game that kind of plays itself in a way. Like it just didn't really feel like there was much to it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, I kind of felt that, and, like, I I thought I, the biggest appeal for the All-Stars Racing games was the, the char- all the Sega characters, so when they essentially narrowed the scope to just Sonic characters, and then the actual tracks seemed, for me, like, just kind of uninspiring, and they all kind of blended in with each other, in my opinion, 
I just didn't see the appeal. And then uh, the actual team racing aspect wasn't that fantastic either. Zero. There was no point. Like it, it just seemed yeah. like oh everyone wins at the end. That's just kind of how how it felt. Like I, there were, it didn't seem competitive to me. I don't know. That, that and was... I love non like I love arcade racing. Like I, I'm not a Gran Turismo guy. I'm a, a Crash Team Racing or even Ridge Rush. Racer back in the day. You know, like I like Ridge that. Racer. Yeah, yes. Ridge Racer, right? Um, PS One. Yes, or like Forza Horizon. Like the only game on the, the Xbox One worth playing. So and maybe Project Over Overlord. Was it not over Sunset Overdrive? Yeah, Sunset Overdrive. That's pretty cool. Um but, awesome Burger King racing game, right? Uh, hey, for a dollar, <laughs> can't beat it. <laughs> uh look guys, what are the odds this this changed at all for me three? Like seriously. Not much. I think if anything, it's going to be more optimized. It's I, I think maybe the frame rate will be better, uh, less stuttering. Uh, you're not going to see drastic, drastic improvements. This is just about optimization, I think. Um, so what we played is pretty much what we're going to get. I, I, I do anticipate some improvements, but what we played at ether i think is pretty much what we're going to get there and i got to be honest with you it's just it's it's like you, you said it's it feels like it's a predecessor to uh sonic and all-stars racing transformed like that was the game up to that point that that game rivaled um the the latest mario kart mario kart 8 better it, it was better than was the one on the week. Far better. Fuck Mario Kart 8. So hard. <laughs> it was, I mean, Sumo Digital did such an amazing job with that. And, I, you know, like, I just feel like Sega has hamstrung Sumo because they're they're back doing Team Sonic Racing. I just don't, I, I think with the limitations that kind of Sega put forth with this, or and I mean, I don't know exactly who did it, but it, it just doesn't seem like, a, a progression it seems like a regression and i don't think that uh there's going to be that many people out there that want to play a sonic racing game that's only oh, sonic boy. Characters. oh boy there's, gonna, there's certainly people out there but i don't think there's a millions and millions of people that want to play this game the, the question is will they want to replay it and that i can tell you is not going to happen you, you hear this guys that's my sonic team racing Air from E3. Still in oh, the okay, okay. It's a little different. It sounded. I'm wondering why you had it like right next to you. That's what I want. Yeah, well, it wasn't a zipper, but you know, you get the. I think that I actually was have mine. <laughs> immersion. Yeah, All right. So ASMR, anyway, you know. Team Sonic regression. Um, so Team yeah, <laughs> see, <laughs> I don't understand why. Uh, the only th- I have. I have the only reason I haven't completely given up on this is because it's sumo digital and just their games or that that transform was so amazing. I played the crap out of that. And yeah, I don't, I, the only thing I can see in their defense is maybe like getting the rights for certain characters was such hell that they gave up on the whole crew outside of the Sonic cavalcade of garbage. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I'm hopeful cause it's sumo, but but also look at Sonic Forces. That's I don't know if that's comparing it anything at all. But I this might be one of the few Sonic games that I wait and don't like rush out the door and grab right away. Yeah, good call. 
Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, painful to say that because I really loved Transformed. Like I have that on three consoles and I played the shit out of it on all of them. It's an amazing racing game. This this is not. Yeah, it's it's. I'm not into racers. Like Sega stuff aside, it's just quality. Just everything looks great. The variety is good. I wonder, kind of also, um, because you guys mentioned the team aspect again. I always forget that that's even a thing in this, despite the name of the game. Um, I wonder if like the tracks are kind of simplified to try to maybe make make it work for the team attacks or defenses or whatever the hell happens. I'm the only one here that hasn't played the game, so I don't know exactly how any of that works, but I don't know. Fucking everybody you, wins. Sonic you know Racing Millennial like? Edition. I'll tell you what it plays like. It plays like the arc and like an arcade version of a game that had more depth at home. Yes. Like, you know, when they make like an arc, if they made this, if this were in the arcade, where you had a big booth and you got behind the thing and you drove it around and it moved, You'd be like, oh, that was fun, but the mechanics are much more limited. Oh, and, well, there's so, that yeah. um, Mario Kart arcade game, which is still fun, but I feel like, yeah, that's you know, it's not a console Mario Kart, so there's not as much in it. Right. I forget what that one's called. Yeah, but oh boy, it was Mario Kart Racing. But, uh, it might just be called that. Yeah. Team Mario Kart Racing. As opposed to Mario Kart, sit the fuck still. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Mario Kart Stationary. <laughs> Let's go. Here's a big one. August 27th is Shinmu 3 for reals this time. Like no more <laughs> no more delays. We're really doing this maybe. Um Marson, I'm going to throw it over to you as our resident Shinmu uh nerd. Tell I us mean, what you think about this. Obviously, I'm excited. Uh I'm just wondering like if my Kickstarter package gift thing will arrive around that date or am I going to be waiting a month to get Shenmue 3 and everyone else is playing in which case I'd probably just buy it that day oh right did you do physical as well yes yeah I did physical for PS4 well I did physical but I also have like all the other shit I shelled out quite a bit for that one but uh so your face is we better see your face in Shenmue 3 then oh no I didn't shot that much money but there's like you know an autograph of his there's like an art book and he has like an autograph in there something like that um but yeah so obviously i'm excited and they gave an actual solid release date instead of like okay sometime in 2018 or 2017 and they kept pushing it back but i was relieved every time they kept pushing it back because i wanted them to work on it more i didn't want them to just push it out for the sake of it saying they were going to get it done but uh, I mean, I, we already basically discussed most of it in the news part. And yeah, I'm, I'm just excited for it to come out finally and to actually have Shenmue 3 in my hands and playing the sequel. So, yeah, sadly, you know, look, I back like 40 Kickstarters. I've personally ran eight of them myself. I, I, I really do stress that the people who back the kickstarter should get their stuff before everyone else i don't understand this theory that the people who back the kickstarter will get their stuff eventually but then when it comes out everyone else has access to it beforehand i don't understand that right at all just from a legacy standpoint like you know those people supported you in the beginning they'll probably support you the next time you have a crazy idea so like make sure they get taken care of first right um sadly you'll probably won't get your shit to like december Right, you know, like that's just sadly that's it, you know, because you know they're they're knee deep in finishing the game, and I mean I I helped ship a game this year, and I I know how that goes, and so they probably won't get to signing things till like October once they do press and and everything else. So. They're gonna be there in the office. They like they hit the 
go live button or something for steam and whatever they're like we did it hooray confetti everything then they turn around oh shit there's the ps4 games ship those out now (laughs) it's just like in a box back there just forgot to ship them out that's what i'm worried uh, about uh, so it's just what's what's his name uh who was it that he's like in the game surrounded by boxes of dreamcast or whatever (laughs) or no in in is that in what's shenmue the demo or something uh yeah i forgot i forgot his name though shit that's fine. But I know who you're, I know who you're talking about. Joe. Yeah. As long as, yeah, good old uh, Joe Shenmue. Uh, as long as they don't end up doing like a What's Shenmue 3 demo disc to everybody, then we'll be okay. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. And that's less than, what, seven months away now? Bring it on. Time ready for it. Dead Eyes. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> dead eyes. Shenmue three, dead eyes. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, you know. <laughs> and they still oh. haven't seen any sailors. Oh. Damn, only dead eyes. Sonic Speaking four, dead regression eyes. or Shenmue four, regression. <laughs> oh yeah, right after Team Sonic regression. Speaking of dead eyes, Chris, what else is coming out? So this is a game I don't know a lot about. Uh, coming in sometime this summer, there's not a specific release date for it. It's Judgment. I think this is by Team y- Yakuza, yep. right? Yep. What can you tell us about that? Well, this was actually called Judge Eyes. That's probably why Scotty was saying, speaking of eyes. Nope, completely forgot, <laughs> but that works. <laughs> oh, well, then you just got really lucky. <laughs> I'm just random transition dude, so do it. Um, but yeah, so Judgment is is actually set in the Yakuza universe. It's in Kamurocho. You take the role of a detective, and this game is actually going to have a fully voiced English cast in addition to Japanese uh, audio. So you'll get both. This was actually, I think, already released in December in Japan, and then we're getting it sometime this year, sometime in 2019. I don't know if it was... There's no exact date. I know that much. Um, But yeah, I think it looks pretty fantastic that they were showing trailer a trailer of like the gameplay and how he was like tracking down a guy and they have a trailer a story-based trailer which you guys can check out um yeah it's just intriguing i like i mean i love yakuza i love what they've done so i they basically kind of taken that dragon engine and and uh taking it to the next level so this is interesting because this is like the first english voice acted yakuza ish game that we've had in a very long time because uh what was the last yakuza game that we had it was only the first one yeah i think it was only the first ones i remember mark hamill and rachel lee cook were in it yeah so that's interesting that they went back they're like you know what we're gonna bring back an english cast maybe they didn't want to do that for the later yakuza's but they want to do it for this one not sure why maybe i think it might be the increased popularity of yakuza zero and since now this is a new in, uh, property they want to start fresh by having both but hopefully they'll drag mark camel's old ass out and because he's not doing much these days with star wars is he he's probably yeah. he's probably doing episode yeah. nine he's and just NDA. on Twitter a lot 
I know, but I can't say. Uh, I, I, mean, I yes. cannot keep. I really do. I cannot keep. He's big league in this. That's what he's doing. Uh, bigly. That's what I do. Um, I can't keep track of the Yakuza game, guys. Like, mm. there's a new Yakuza. There's more Yakuza games this last year than Gundam games, and I'm really struggling to figure out like, <laughs> which one's which. <laughs> yeah, there's more saw... Yakuza games this year than Fortnite updates. I saw this like really sad post, uh, uh, or it was an article, uh, an interview with Sam Mullen, who is kind of the uh, the lead translation manager uh, or producer over at Sega these days, uh, and it sounded like the translations for these games are nightmares. And he talked about how many like lines of translations they had to do for the uh, Yakuza games, but then the persona games were like way worse than that. And I, I can't just reading that article. It, it hurt me. Like I, I just got stressed out. I nearly had a panic attack. Like just the idea of trying to manage something of, you know, just with so many lines of dialogue and so many different characters and all the nuances that it takes trying to, trying to take, you know, a language you know, the Japanese and, and bring it over to English and, and, and keep the context. I can't imagine that something like that is very easy. So, you know, those are kind of like the unsung heroes uh, over there at, at Sega, because one of the great things ab- about the Yakuza games is that the dialogue is still really funny. You know, like they, they take it and it's, it's a wacky game anyway, but the English dialogue is, is done really well. And so I think, you know, hats off to Sega uh, for 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 making some really cool localization in their games and the dialogue that they were able to, to kind of interject in there. Even though, I mean, I, I have no idea how accurate it is uh, compared to the the Japanese original, but what I'm what I'm seeing on screen is awesome, and I think they do a really good job. So um, so good good on them. Maybe since it's going to be English voice acted, it's going to make it easier for them. So hopefully they get a little bit of a break. And I think, I think they're caught up now on the Yakuza games. I think uh, Kiwami two is like the next game they're going to have to do. And then after that, I think they should be caught up on the Yakuza games, right? Kiwami two actually was released this past August. It was right around one and two HD. So that one is out. Uh, And then I guess judgment is the next one in there. Okay, so then they're they're finally caught up. Yes. Yep. Yeah, unless you count the one that was back in feudal Japan or or whatever. But yeah, right. Yeah, that that one's never going to come out. Yeah. Um, No. Uh, I'm I'm excited for Judgment though. Um, For what it's worth, I was looking here. uh, Famitsu gave it a 37 out of 40. Uh, Marson mentioned it's already out in Japan, and it's getting like scores of nine and tens everywhere that it's that's been reviewed. So that's good. Um, I'm excited for this because I feel like okay, I've I have not completed. I've not. I've probably put like a grand total of like four hours into all of the Yakuza games I played, and that's it. So Judgment is a nice. Even though I won't understand all the characters that are thrown in everywhere, I feel like hey, it's a new. It's a new story that I can get into and not feel overwhelmed because I have to play nineteen other iterations first. It'll be interesting to see if it keeps the humor uh, from the Yakuza series, or if it takes a more kind of straightforward and serious tone. I mean, it, it yeah. looked pretty serious. It was yeah. like uh, the People versus OJ Simpson serious. So I don't know if there was, <laughs> there's like any like it, comedy in there. 
Yeah, it did. But also, I if I recall, the first time we saw anything of the first Yakuza, it didn't really have that like goofy anything in it before it came out in the states. But that's also that was also a different time in the states where if you weren't gritty and cool, then you were nothing. I want to. So, I want to have an OJ Simpson's reference in every episode from here on out. Let's do <laughs> that's that. going to be a tough. <laughs> I want a Yakuza city pop racing game. Where it's set in the 80s and it's all plastic love and city pop and it's Yakuza. I'm down with that. Yeah. Well, with that 80s happen. cars, you know, <laughs> and street car gangs and, oh you know, just, yeah, yeah. That, that's what I would like. Six to midnight right now. Mm-hmm. Um, next up, uh, this game, I'm sure, Scotty, you're going to be really happy about uh, Panzer Dragoon remake in late 2019. Tell us why this is a good idea. Um, Oh, well, uh, that's not the question I thought you were going to ask. Um, yeah, it's a good idea for multiple reasons. Uh, and I, I feel like things have been kind of leading up to this because we got the uh, Panzer Dragoon uh, vinyl releases of the uh, of Saga and then just other stuff overall. Um, <clears throat> it's good because I think it's high time that we get something else related to Panzer Dragoon because uh, we'll never see Saga, you know, properly remade or anything. So you don't think is- so? I, unless it's done entirely by the fans somehow, I don't feel like Sega would, nothing against Sega, I don't, unless it's literally in a basement somewhere, like there's a folder or folders with the source code or something, I don't see them trying to make that from the ground up. Um, Just because that uh, was insane to create in the first place. But um, these are, has it been confirmed whether or not it's a remake of the first and the second, or if it's like just the first one? Or it's do just know the that first yet? one, and then the second one's going to come out, uh, I think, in like 2020. Okay, because yeah, every, but everything I've read has said like the first two Panzer Dragoon games are getting remakes, but then another one is like Panzer Dragoon remake, and just that's it. So I don't know, yeah, but um. So that'll be cool. They haven't really said if like it's going to be both of them in a package or anything like that, but it's just cool to see something. I never thought we would see a remake of an on-rail shooter, <laughs> honestly, because that I feel like with the arcades uh, kind of going the wayside, maybe they're coming back now. I don't know. Pinballs everywhere. But um, uh, that on-rail stuff is just sort of outdated, but I love on-rail stuff. These games are fun. Who doesn't love dragons? And it would be cool to see what they can do. And hopefully they'll even throw in like stuff for fans like, oh, you can unlock the full first game or maybe both of the games or just play. Um, we mentioned last episode, uh, Rob, you mentioned how there's for ukulele. You can play it in like the 64, like scanline vo- version and stuff. Maybe they'll do like a, a horrible Saturn rendered version of these games or something too, that you can play over top or something like that. With quads? That'd be amazing. I think it'd be great. You don't um, even know I want to know what question you thought. I was <laughs> nope, no idea. <laughs> so the Saturn didn't render polygons. It oh, right, right. Quads. So it was a whole thing. Oh, yes. Was that because of the processors? It's because they just chose that they thought it would look better. You know, like, like yeah. it, it looked, go read. You know, have you, how are you on console wars? How are you doing? Oh, boy. I'm like in there? chapter three. That's yeah, it. Well, wait till you get to the Saturn. Office. You know? <laughs> okay. You know, I wanted to know what question you thought I was going to ask you about. I don't know. So I just kind of answered it. <laughs> I was going to answer whatever I thought you were going to ask me anyway. Right. So. But, um, oh, and uh, I think 
did we mention before? But it was, uh, oh, shit. Sorry, the page didn't load in time for me to read this. Cool. Forever Entertainment. We don't know what they did. Never mind. I was thinking of something else. But I'm excited. Hooray, more Panzer Dragoon. Yeah, no, we talked about, did we talk about that last week? Uh, or maybe it was just in the chat somewhere. Like, Forever Entertainment's just done a bunch of weird-ass games. So this yeah. is kind of like a, the first, uh, like, legit game that they've seemingly done. Yeah. Uh, what, what I was, yeah, it is interesting but also it's worth mentioning that this is one of multiple properties that sega owns but they're just kind of allowing people to do what they want to with them like shenmue 3 obviously streets of rage 4 that's dot emu you know there's um i think it's deep silver that's doing shenmue 3 now i can't remember publishing it what's a really shitty sega ip that you think that they might just let us do like God maybe damn. like a dynamite um, heady remake or something like, uh, like flicky, flicky HD bitches. Or just, um, just something they, really... Oh, is that what it's going to be called? <laughs> like, maybe that some, they don't, they will, they don't even give a shit about it anymore, but maybe they'll give Sonic us team raising. Yeah. <laughs> Alex kid. Let's oh, do that. Oh yeah. No, there, I, there's far more qualified people on yeah. the internet we could do like on Alex Kid remakes than Alex's like... stepkid. How about Marson <laughs> 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 in the Miracle World? <laughs> <laughs> How about Bug or Clockwork Night or something like yeah. that? Yeah, I'll, I'll take Bug. That's I'll generic enough. Avengers. They can't actually <laughs> that own was actually the really copyright. Good. To... Actually, no. They probably like own the copyright to Bug exclamation point somehow or something. That's something we need more of. Is like <laughs> so those point and click mark. like uh, point and click puzzle games. Why why did those go away? Those are awesome. Blazing I Dragon was one did, of my man. favorite games. Oh, mine too. I was gonna say that that genre is kind of getting a resurgence, Chris. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Thimbleweed Park, man. Ron Gilbert hooked that fucking game. I've not played that. I, and I, and I keep tagging you guys on some point. There's a really amazing point and click adventure game coming out that's hand drawn. It's all like looks like hand animated, like noir stuff. I'll send you a link. I don't remember the name right now. I'm off the top. I'm off the cuff. But next episode, I have to put it together. But there's a lot of amazing point-click adventure games. I wish, look, look. If I could pick any Sega game that we could all team up on and maybe do something with, man, it would have to be Shining Force. Like, I, I got to bring it back. Like, it's just a series. <sighs> it's a series I can't let go, guys. And it, I, can't, I can't let it go. I, do you envision like what a Shining Force Mega Visions cover would look like? Do you, do you already know yes, what that I would look like? You, you have it. Already, 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 we got to make it happen at some point, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we absolutely we will. It's gonna have to be a wraparound though, because you need that cool. Oh. You know what I mean? We'll do have to do something special for that. That that would be amazing. Yeah, I mean that we're all in on that one. Like that that's like a unanimous one. So that that'll be amazing. That will happen at one point. Maybe not this year, maybe not next year, maybe last year. Maybe maybe not ten years from now, but someday. <laughs> right. It'll happen. Just, Just like Shiny Force. Yeah, subscribe to our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash megavisions and you'll find out. Was uh was Night in the Woods a point and click or did you actually control the dudes in that? No. Kind of All right. <laughs> anybody, anybody who maybe night in the woods was another kind of uh actiony game but yeah sorry i was in my other world what are we what are we endorsing again uh 13 sentinels agus rim tbd oh, yeah. 2019 right this is the last game that we have on our list um this is an atlas uh published game i don't know if if Alice is actually developing it, I don't think they are, but this is something that they had at E3. They had a stand for it, like a cardboard standee. 
Uh, I, I, they may have had some sort of uh, promo video for it. Uh, it seems a little interesting, but you know, like Atlas is always doing these 3DS RPGs. Like it seems like every other month there's another Atlas published or developed 3DS RPG. And honestly, you know, as much as I love Atlas, I can't keep up with these games. Does, does anyone else know what the hell this uh, game is? I don't. I tried to look at the trailer, and it's just a bunch of screenshots. But holy shit, you get a lot in the fucking collector's edition, um, and that's any JRPG also now. <laughs> so um, it looks neat. I think. Uh, wait, why is Dragon's Crown in here? Uh, maybe the person did the same artwork. Um, Atlas. Ooh, cool. you got me. You, you got me interested now. It might be. Um, let's see here. Uh, yep, professional. Prepare it here uh no there's no okay it's dial i think it's a kind of a uh visual novel type thing dialogue choices subjects uh 13 dating under the subject god damn it <laughs> yeah maybe but hey it's cool not my not my bag but uh more of how awesome sega is to just let atlas just do their thing but hey you guys are still making games so thanks sega Right on. Fun fact: I just bought ShiningForce4.com from GoDaddy for twelve bucks. So hell yeah! Holy know. shit! <laughs> How is that not a, a thing already? Like, hey, I own the URL, so if you it got is, it. You know, <laughs> Wait, is it spelled well out? Spelled out four or the number four? The number four, dog. Okay, get the other one too. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Cool. Well, so if you want that, you got to write some checks, dog. I guess, yeah. Rob's doing the art. Uh, Marson will do the... He'll talk to the Shenmue people and get some voice actors. Uh, Chris will talk to Kickstarter and then I'll just stream it on Twitch. You can form the head. What? Oh, of the mech? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, All right, come on now. Um, So, okay. So, overall, I mean, that was Sega's Outlook uh, for 2019. There's certainly some unannounced games that could be coming out. Um... It's it's what Sega likes to do. They've also been doing a lot of the Sega Ages stuff uh, on the Switch. So there's going to be like two or three other games uh, released probably throughout the year for that. Uh, this right now, like I'm I'm not super super uh, impressed by Sega's offering uh, for this upcoming year, but you know that's that's going to change. Uh, you know we'll we'll see. They they definitely have some stuff up their sleeve, like they always do. Some stuff that's unannounced. Maybe we'll get some stuff at E3 this year. Uh, but uh, that's what we got for Sega uh, upcoming uh, for this year. Now what we want... Oh, oh, no, 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 no. Go ahead, buddy. I was going to say, I would argue it's a really impressive year so far because they have something in almost every genre possible <laughs> coming out on games for games. Mm-hmm. You got racing, you got strategy, you got RPG, you've got weird puzzle, nudie party, um, you've got Yakuza, you've got arcade stuff, and you've got whatever the hell 13 sentinels is i want to be able to search in steam under weird party nudie party as a genre <laughs> uh, i would that's not a... be surprised if that's in a game's title on there that's going to be our our shining force 4 genre oh nice. shining force 4 semicolon we should go to the kickstart weird party nudie party <laughs> yeah what can we fit in let's speak of the number four in there what's well, funny there was, there was a guy that was trying to make a shining force online Boom game uh he went to kickstarter for it and it was going to be a shining forest like uh mmo uh and it was horribly shit oh well 
I mean, was I, it I, on I, par with like a SpongeBob Z? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Shining Force needs to be a single player. Shiningforce4.com. I own it. Ha ha ha. <laughs> do you really? <laughs> I really do. I bought it for twelve bucks. Real time. Real time live <laughs> purchasing of domains. Yeah, I just bought it on GoDaddy. When you look up the Who is, you'll see it's owned by Rob Duenas or Sketchcraft, whichever one pops up. But yeah, I do. I own it for at least a year. Join us next week for Rob's I just bought this domain corner. Yeah, you're going to be buying a domain every single episode. Shinmu Dead Eyes is coming next. Dot com. That's going to be the spinoff. Yeah. So, um, so next up, what we're going to do before we close out the show, uh, we want to talk about some non-Sega games that we're excited about. So we'll, we'll run the, through these uh, fairly quickly. Uh, but uh, yeah, we just want to say, like, you know, what what are some non-Sega developed published games that's going to be coming out in 20, uh, 2019 that we're really looking forward to? So, uh, Scotty, why don't you start us off with that? Yep, I stole stuff from other people's lists again. Like uh, you always do, you son of a bitch. That's how I am nothing original. But Cyberpunk <laughs> 2077, that's how they say it, um, is going to be great. Uh, I'm very excited for that. If uh, We talked about it last week a little bit, but uh, just go look up Cyberpunk. Just Even just look up a screenshot of it, and it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I don't want to spend too much time on it because it's out soon. Everybody's excited for it. The Resident Evil 2 remake. The demo's out as of this recording, but I'm not going to play it. I want to go into it. I say I want to go into it fresh. I've played the, the actual game how many fucking times, but um, very excited for that. Uh, we're going to end up streaming it on Twitch as well because uh, it's loosely related to Sega. It came out on the Dreamcast. The first one did, whatever, but very pumped for that. I own re2 on everything even the game.com so i'm a little bit of a fan <sighs> you own re2.com i oh shit uh get back to me on that <laughs> um so the the demo it's it's kind of interesting because it's like a it's what resident evil 2 one shot is what they're calling it so you basically from what i understand at least is you get to play it one time only and then it locks you out <laughs> like if you if yeah. you download it, it's a it, you have to download it from the I think the Japanese PlayStation Store, um, and so that's kind of interesting. I've not seen a demo do that, um, but very weird. Maybe that's a Japanese thing because I remember a lot of the um, uh, 3DS demos when you could get those. They were timed, and they were, or were they timed, or did they have like a certain amount of times you could play it or something because i remember i think hearing, it was a certain amount of times you could play it yeah because i remember hearing stories of people who would be on like their last one or second to last one and they would just never turn the cons never close the game or something so they'd always be in that last demo or something somehow so that's hmm. weird yeah i don't i think that's i don't know why they do that but it is i think it's actually i know exactly why probably because it's just the full game but they're timing it so that you don't accidentally play the entire game that sounds about right i think it still only ends up uh, up to a certain cutscene. like i don't even think you meet like ada wong or claire or whatever you in the first even if you like go pretty far it doesn't it, it stops you so or you do like what sega do with the last Yakuza game and you release a demo that actually is the full game. And then you politely ask everyone, can you please not just delete that demo and just not play it and and just buy the real game? 
Because that I totally like happened. They, yeah, I thought they took it down, though. Although, I don't... I actually, I don't know how you'd be able to do that if you already downloaded it. Yeah, no, hey. I mean, if you already downloaded you had the full game. Right, <laughs> you just, right, right, right. If yeah. you didn't update uh, or connect to the internet, they couldn't, like, fix it, so you had it before it was out or something. Mm -hmm. um, update on RE2.com. Uh, it is for sale, but the minimum offer is $5,000. I no think that's a good investment. That's a good investment. Stuck <laughs> twelve bucks over here. Shows you, man. You got to get in early. Yeah, everybody's <laughs> hopping on this one now. I guess. So just get like Resident Evil Fifty Six. I'm sure that one's like twelve dollars. Could be. Oh, I should. Yeah. Okay. Don't worry. Rob, what are you looking forward to? Uh, well, two games. One's coming out relatively soon. I think March 3rd or February. Uncertain. Um, it's coming out soon. It's called Away Journey to the Unexpected. Hmm. Uh, I'm not a big FPS guy, but I've been following this for about a year or so now. It's from a French developer team, Aurelian Regard Games. And it basically looks like a first-person Dragon Quest. Like, all, all the... the, all the um, all the textures are hand painted. The characters are two D. Is that the game you you tagged the Mega Visions thing in earlier today? I tag you guys on everything, man. I know, but it, you <laughs> tagged us in something that was like a first person. Then yeah, that would be it. That would yeah. that looked amazing. Yeah, it, it really is. It's got tons of energy, super fun. I th last I checked though, they did say it's going to be kind of a short game because it's a small team making it. Uh, mm. But I don't. I look honestly, guys. I mean. I'm, how much time do we really have here? You know, so um, with all that time, we're going to be spending on Sonic Team Racing. I mean, <laughs> right? Yeah, you, know, you, gotta, you, know, you, you can't take be playing you, an yeah. eighty-hour RPG these days. Fun thing though, the soundtrack is composed by Kazuhiko Narusi. Kazuhiko oh. Narusi, I know. Are you like who is Kazuhiko? <laughs> yeah. Narusi? Oh, really? Yeah. All right. I know. I oh, don't that know. was the guy. I'm really excited about it. Boxes. Hmm? Uh, no, I, I made a bad joke. I said, oh, that was the guy sitting in front of the Dreamcast boxes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, yeah, I'm looking little... at this VGM DB, and it says something about Rockman chiptunes and something called Funk Nirvana. I don't know. But um, you know what, man? They're French developers. It's going to be amazing. The music in the trailer is awesome. Visually, it looks so much. It just looks like a lot of fun. Like, why a game that looks like this hasn't been made sooner, I don't know. Other than maybe the Call of Duty fans would be very mad if their game looked like this, but I think it looks fantastic. Uh, way journey to the unexpected, and then two slightly different topic. So I've been listening to Liam Robertson for years now. Um, he did a podcast series for a long time called Unseen uh, Unseen sixty four. He has a pod, he has a Patreon and stuff. He does a lot of inside info, and he gets in like the the the, the behind the scenes stuff on what went wrong on certain studios like. Um, uh, Factor Five, like things like that. Like, well, right? Yeah, no, I'm familiar with Unseen Sixty Four. He's, Maybe good he's work. pretty credible, and when he gets things wrong, he admits it. I, I like him a lot. Uh, he's been talking for a year now about the Star Fox game that has yet to be announced. That is supposed to be a racing game, right? And it's similar that it's in space, but it'll be like Star Fox Racing with like boss battles. So somewhere between a Star Fox game and uh, Diddy Kong Racing in a way, how that was more adventure racing. Hmm. Um, and it's just been a matter of time, like like when is that going to get actually formally announced? Because when you think about it, Star Fox really is a rail shooter, you know, so yep. a racing game wouldn't be that fucking far from the, the original mechanics. And if you threw in boss battles, that would be even more amazing. 
So that it'll that's, come around when Mother Three is announced for the West. Yeah, but you could, you know, luckily fan translations are pretty. You know, who cares? So I'm just hoping that that game gets announced and it comes out this year because that I'm really looking forward to. Uh, I uh, I don't I think Star Fox Racing is up for sale. Dot com. <laughs> Fun fact: Star Fox 12, Party. Twelve bucks. I'm gonna try to find it real quick here. But uh, yeah, okay, don't wait for me. <laughs> you could make like your own Star Fox like furry convention at this point, and it would do gangbusters. I bet. You say that as if I'm not already hosting one right now in my room. Oh. How about Star F A U X Star Fox? Star uh, Star racing. Yeah, the kids will have a fun time saying that correctly. Fucking millennials. What? Marson, why don't you uh ring us into the new year with your Which basically picks. two of them are in the first month, which is kind Jesus. of sad. Uh but Resident Evil 2, yeah, again, like I I do love the Resident Evil series. I've essentially played all of them. Um, so I'm looking forward to this one kingdom Hearts. what was 3. the um you you took some photos for like a resident evil thing at e3 that what was, that was resident evil 2 that was resident evil 2 yes well shit remember he was climbing over the car remember yeah yeah, that was resident yeah. Evil 2. Mm-hmm. okay that was like a raccoon city cop car zombie guy in the car thing There's lots of zombies at this past e3 that was like a thing like but I they had some good zombies 2010 but yeah so resident evil 2 I'm excited for Kingdom Hearts 3. I'm also excited for. I I, I want to get it, uh, but I might hold off. I won't get it immediately. Um, I'm I I feel like I need to learn what the story is, uh, like refresh my memory. But I'm like I don't think you can figure that out anyway. So I might just enjoy the gameplay and the environments and not think about the story too much. Um, Mortal Kombat. I love Mortal Kombat. I. I'm actually always, I was always fascinated by like the mythology that they've created and built. And I, uh, I'm really excited for this one. What's your favorite Mortal Kombat movie? Movie? Yeah. <laughs> Cause they made so many. Yeah. Which one? Like there's only, well, I guess if you want to count like the miniseries or Mortal Kombat conquest, but I guess those are TV shows. Um, the first, well, they one, had the, the internet, uh, series as well right yeah it was like a web mini series and I, I enjoyed that one uh the first world combat that came out in like 1995 i think uh that was that's my favorite one and then i actually kind of enjoyed the mortal Kombat conquest show but it ended abruptly so that's my favorite mortal Kombat movies big trouble in little china but I'm just, <laughs> agreed <you know. laughs> true did you guys see i tagged the megavisions twitter on this uh, the other night someone made a mortal Kombat one hd demo yes i did see that that looks fucking amazing did not it, see that yeah so for what it is folks it's scorpion versus sub-zero and they shot all the guys and the actors in like 4k super hd and I wasn't a big fan of the Mortal Kombat gameplay when it came out. Um, although I did, I agree with Morrison. I, I like the the lore and they had those kind of ties to Big Trouble Little China and, and Bruce Lee films. Uh, I really like the look of 2. Sorry. I really like the look of Mortal Kombat 2. But I'll, I'll be on board 100% if they made these in HD because it does have a completely unique look to it, right? When they're like super real with the yeah. costumes. Yeah, like yeah. It looked pretty cool. I forgot how awesome just the voiceovers were in the original Mortal Kombat. And when I listened to that, I was like, holy fuck, 
this is amazing. This is so good. And I don't, I don't understand like why, why, why hasn't that been a thing? Why is it Mortal Kombat HD a thing yet? Like when there are so many other shittier franchises that have gotten HD remakes and ports or whatever you want to call it. Why hasn't there been a Mortal Kombat? Because it's not Capcom. That is odd, right? I mean, look, hey, Capcom is well, more than welcome to make a Street Fighter the Movie HD game any day of the week they want. <laughs> Van Damme wants those royalties, bitches. We could dig up Raul Guillaume. Gu- Gu- That's fucked up. Well, that would be his name if we dig him up. <laughs> Brain farted there. Uh, uh, get, yeah, get Jean-Claude Van Damme. He can dance in HD. I, I think there's definitely room for a 2D HD shot Mortal Kombat remake or even just another game like that that I'm there's something about that realistic video fighting that I don't know I was oddly uh, mesmerized by that gameplay footage. Yeah, no that looks really great. Um so for me I had Cyberpunk 2077. We've already talked about that. Uh really looking forward to that. I love all things Cyberpunk. Uh so that Oh god, it's it's going to do wonderful things to me. I, I just can't wait for that. Um, the other game that I'm really looking forward to is Crackdown 3. This has been a game that's been stuck in development hell for like years. Uh, but uh, I've had so much fun with the first two Crackdown games. It's it's such a fun like superhero game where you're just running around in this gigantic city and just doing ridiculous shit. It's, it's very arcadey and a lot of fun. I remember Graham and I had a so much fun playing those uh, original games um, back on the like the Xbox uh, back in the day, and I'm I'm really looking forward to to picking that up again and and playing that when it finally comes out this year. I, I really hope it it this is the year for Crackdown Three. Uh, I'm it's just it's 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 crazy that this was it seemed like such a big staple franchise for Xbox early on and. It's weird that it just kind of went away, and I feel that even though that there's a, a new sequel coming out, like there's not a lot of hype for it yet, and I, I just I don't I don't know how it's going to uh, to the reception is going to be for this game. I, I feel like there's just not a lot of hype there for for Crackdown, the Crackdown franchise. So I think this may be the the final game that we get in this series. It would be amazing if uh, you know people went out and bought it in droves, and it was like this amazing game and, and resurrected this this franchise. But I wouldn't be surprised if this is the final Crackdown game that we get. I just hope that uh, it does the series justice. It's a really awesome game, and we can have a lot of fun with it. Uh, and and maybe that uh, maybe it will continue on into the the next Microsoft console going forward but we will see on that um i think i think 2019 man there's there's so many good games coming out between mortal kombat kingdom hearts resident evil star fox cyberpunk there's just so much good stuff and that's not even mentioning all the awesome stuff that indie scene is doing man it's just and the Sega stuff. I'm gonna be a broke motherfucker by the end of the year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's 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 yeah. crazy. It's it's gonna be hard to keep up, man. There's gonna be a lot of good games coming out. So this is you know, like the video game game industry is is still trending upwards, in my opinion. 
I wish Rockstar would just buy the Crackdown license and make a Grand Theft Auto Crackdown game. Because that the the gameplay the, the 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 sardonic sarcastic humor of the first game with the transforming vehicles and the GI Joe like comic book they just they haven't matched that that tone since then and even now that the feeling I get from this crackdown stuff is it just doesn't have where's the transforming vehicles where's the 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 evil police that are actually you know keeping like there was a, a a bait and switch with that game that was amazing, even though the game itself was broke, but was a lot of fun with co-op. I actually collected every one of those friggin' orbs in the first game to get nothing, but <laughs> there was nothing you got when you got there. Chivo the hunting Chivo. before Chivos. Yeah, it was a hundred of them. It was a pain, but I got them. Um, I really, it was a lot of fun that first Crackdown game, and the second one was like it was like Ghostbusters two, you know, to Ghostbusters and. I hope the third one's fun, but I really just think that Microsoft doesn't get fun with their games, you mm. know? They 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 get serious, you know, and overly cinematic with their properties. So it needs fun. The Terry Crews is amazing. And if and if it's filled with nothing but live action cutscenes for Terry Crews, then I'll watch all of it, you know? <laughs> I want to see Terry Crews' Jax in the next Mortal Kombat game. Ah, here, here. That, that would be <laughs> I'm all I'm all for that. And I, if if there was one series that makes a resurgence this next year, I would love for that to be Saints Row. I think uh, I know why. Awesome. <laughs> Purple dildos. Would, no, yep. I was gonna say I think Saints Row. Everybody's gonna say go play Saints Row, Rob. But yeah, um, insanity update. Starfoxracing.com is for sale for a dollar. <laughs> Star Fox Racing. What about Resident Evil Two Racing? Um, oh, let me check. Maybe we can do that. It's evil two. Oops. Racing. Um, um yep, one dollar. <laughs> oh man, we are gonna own so many URLs by the time we're done with this goddamn podcast. I honestly can't believe that when I woke up this morning, I'd be able to say at the end of the day that I own shiningforce4.com. I'm very proud of myself. I, I did not think that would be possible, but I've achieved something. This is like one of the most uh, productive days you've had in years, I, I can imagine. Just just by that alone, like what you've done is you've set in motion things that cannot be undone. I actually achieved, I achieved some form of Sega history today. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I need to go update the Shining Force wiki page just to let him know that I currently own it. <laughs> and, 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 and you're going to... Oh my gosh, like, you could create insane rumors with that <laughs> that's what i'm saying like, shining force four domain bot game inevitable question mark you spiral won't believe artists what domains were oh just God, I, can, I could see it now spiral artists fucking over <laughs> you know what i mean now i gotta get a, an email from work and be like what are you doing like i don't know fucking around. <laughs> <laughs> all right back to slipped. work all right, you know, I think it's time to wrap up the show, fellas. Um, Scotty, I know that uh, you you talked last week that you're gonna you're gonna start streaming Panzer Dragoon Saga. I think you actually did that uh, this past did week. It. How did that go? Uh, it went great. Uh, brought people in to ask them to help me name my dragon, and then we got to that part, 
And I, you know, like you do with most uh, name creating things, you type in as many letters as you can to see how many characters can fit. I did that. And it, it normally at the end of that, it'll, it'll make like a uh, 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 sound or something to signify, oh, you can't put any more characters in. But no, instead, this thing, uh, it, after I typed in 15 lowercase a's, it went to the enter button immediately and I, it wouldn't let me change it. So my dragon's name is just, ah, <laughs> um, or What's I, games, you know, what really used to piss me off back in the day is like those games that gave you like three letters to name a character. You're like, seriously, like yep. it's, it's gonna, I, I have to be Odie or something like that. You're like, or Rob. <laughs> yeah. Hey, <laughs> no, what? Oh, I'm hey, <laughs> Rob's a great name, but maybe not for like a medieval character. You know, nice. There's a lot of spelled dude, it would be dud. No, dud, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of ass and cock and dick, but not <laughs> so. Yeah, so my dragon's name is ah, or I guess I could say he's he has a very elegant name. It's just oh, um. But that was, you know, a happy accident. It was, it makes for entertainment, except for, well, no, it does. Because then every time I load up my file, it has your character's name and your dragon's name. So it just says Scotty Moe and then 15 A's below it. Um, but yeah, we started that. It's fun. It's good. Um, it's a very slow paced game. So every time I stream every Tuesday, I'm going to end it with a half hour or something else. We did a little bit of Sega Rally Championship. So that was cool. Nice. Um, but yeah, stream Sunday, Tuesday, Fridays. Uh, Sundays more uh, retro stuff with TJ. Fridays is arcadey stuff with Kusanage, um, and that's on our Twitch page. Very very cool, Rob. You're always like streaming stuff online as well. Uh, if if people want to follow you and and keep up with the the latest uh, on the the Mega Visions kind of development and all the other stuff that you got going on, where can they find you? The quick way to do it is just check me out on Instagram at Sketchcraft. Uh, if you want to see live drawing and stuff, uh, I do that on my Twitch and then I save them on my YouTube. Everything's under sketchcraft.com. All links are right there. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so yeah, if you want to, uh, subscribe to Megavisions magazine, remember go to www.patreon.com slash megavisions. Um, you can get, uh, like when you go to our Patreon, you can either subscribe to a digital version. You can get a PDF version of the the physical print magazine uh for $2.99 or you can subscribe to get the actual physical magazine uh and it starts at i believe $7.99 uh for those in the u.s $8.99 in canada and it's $14.99 for international that way it can just cover the shipping uh cost on our part uh but everyone that's that's gotten it so far has had a a lot of good uh, feedback on it um, and we should uh, be getting all those fulfillments made here in the next few days uh, everything has been done for those in north america canada and we're shipping all those out uh, to the international folks um, this past week as well so uh, issue seven for all intents and purposes is done uh, we still have a few back issues or I should say some extra issues of issue seven, uh, go to megavisionsmag.com. We have a store link on there. Um, This next week, we're going to have our store activated. So if you are 
new to discovering Mega Visions and you want to be able to get issue seven, we will have some additional copies of the magazine available on our web store. Go there and you can be able to purchase the magazine. Then go to our Patreon and become a subscriber. That way you will be able to get issue eight and you won't have any issues after that. Like no problems getting oh, Mega Visions. Issue eight, no issues after that. You will get every issue <laughs> as long as you keep subscribing. Um, Can I yeah. answer that really quick, Chris? Absolutely. Fun fact, uh, as of tonight, if you you can also go to the magazine and subscribe to it by clicking on or typing into shiningforce4.com. We'll redirect you right <laughs> to the Megavision Patreon. Where... <laughs> that is the best use of that URL that I can possibly think of. We've done it, guys. We've done yeah, it. We did it. We did it. We did it. <laughs> Maybe every issue, every episode of the podcast, we buy a new Sega themed URL at at some point in the podcast, as well as having some sort of OJ reference. It's just going to be what we do. I I, I really want <laughs> OJ. <laughs> you just open up a giant can of worms, you know. Shining Force and OJ. <laughs> breakfast.com <laughs> oh, no. alright guys no. that's going to do it for this episode uh, of one, the Mega Vision show you, uh, you are going to interrupt me one more time Scotty I wanted, I wanted to give a shout out to Vetted Games real quick uh, Yeah, they mentioned us on their awesome podcast and they were some pretty cool dudes that Kusanagi met at MAGFest so shout outs to them we're glad you dig the magazine and go check out their podcast Vetted games e-e-t-t-e-d games very good very good all right that's going to do it for this episode of the megavision show we will be back next week and see you later